0: Welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge.
1: Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown, and uh, it's brilliant to have you with us. Thanks for joining us once again, and uh, for taking the time to download and listen and listen to this podcast. I really do uh, appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, to spend it with me and our guests here on the podcast, and. Today I get to share another incredible story, if uh, I have to be brutally honest, I love uh, these stories and it's probably my favourite part of the Kona Edge of all the segments we do is the the sort of digging into someone's background and finding out a little bit more about them. And today we head to the north coast of New South Wales in Australia to touch base with Wes Thompson to find out uh, where it all began for him. Uh, with regards to his triathlon journey. Before we get into that story though as always uh, just a quick heads up that uh, the show is very reliant uh, on the support of you our loyal listeners and if you over time have got any value out of these podcasts if you thoroughly enjoy them I would appreciate it hugely if you would consider becoming a patron of the Kona Edge. Uh, Every single month we sweeten the pot and uh, this month, once again, we're giving away a entry into a half Ironman event. You get to choose which you want to race. We give you three hundred and fifty dollars to pay for the entry. So, uh, if you would like to become a patron of the Cone Edge uh, for as little as a dollar a month, so you know that works out to five cents. Uh, per podcast that we produce it's uh literally next to nothing uh buy us a cup of coffee once a month and uh you can help support things uh, and keep the lights on here at the cone edge so if you'd like to do that i would appreciate the website to get to is com forward slash support that's where you can get all the details that's com forward slash support Today's Coach's Corner is brought to you by Doug Guthrie Personal Training. Doug has a passion for seeing people improve and succeed. A 14-times Ironman finisher, two of those on the Big Island. A USA T-Level 1 certified coach, head coach of the YMCA tri-team, Doug has the unique ability to meet athletes wherever they are in their journey. His motivation comes from helping athletes improve and meet their goals at any skill level. As a self-coach, two-times Kona qualifier and finisher, Doug's experience places him in the shoes of those training for their first sprint to those who need to know what has to be adjusted in their plan to get them to the next level in order to qualify for the World Championships. Discover more about Doug? Head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, if you're a coach or if you have a coaching business and would like to get a plug on the podcast, head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash coaching. we head to New South Wales now in Australia to catch up with Wes Thompson. Wes, welcome onto the Cone Edge. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm flattered you asked me on, Brad. Thank you very much. Wes, you're an avid listener of the podcast. I love reaching out to, to athletes who've, who've raced on the big island and get an email back saying we love the podcast. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I don't get an opportunity often yep. to, to thank people for listening, but thank you because I know you, you do listen to it often. Every week. Wouldn't miss an episode, Brad. Fantastic. let's talk about your, your background. You, you're you a, a very decent uh, triathlete. Where did, where did your love for triathlon come from? Um, <clears throat> a curiosity more
0: than anything. Um, uh, the sports I was involved with at the time um, just weren't doing it for me. And I wanted to try something different. And I had friends in the local triathlon club um who gave it a crack and i just went along to a local sprint or a club distance race and uh yeah the curiosity got the better of me and you know and really enjoyed it so it's just flowed from there
1: tell me a little bit about your sporting background i mean australia much like south africa is is a very sporting nation i mean everyone seems to be pretty athletic and uh and at some stage in their life took part in in some sort of sport what what was your your sport of choice growing yeah. up and what what were you into um
0: surfing Brad. Right? oh cool surfing yeah i Yeah, yeah. So I grew up, as as long as I can remember, I've, um, you know, we've been at the beach, you know, we'd spend all day at the beach, all weekend at the beach. And I grew up surfing with my older brothers. I got three older brothers and I would just be at the beach all day surfing. Well, whilst the other kids were at the um, ocean pool in the corner of the beach, learning to swim, I was out surfing with my brothers, basically. Yeah.
1: Is, is that where your competitive nature came from as well, being the youngest of four brothers? So I mean if you if you weren't competitive you probably wouldn't have eaten. Um yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. They
0: oh, I was a bit of a punching bag for my <laughs> for my brothers and uh uh yeah, you, you grew up fast, that's for sure. Fending <laughs> for yourself was good.
1: And and from a competitive level perspective, surfing, I mean, were you were you any good? Are you any good? Um <laughs> Funny question. No, I I'd have surfed competitively,
0: but just bits and pieces. Nothing like, uh, no, yeah, no, just some local club contests, that sort of stuff. I just, um, just you know, I'm a sur- I still surf, just not as much as I used to because this whole triathlon thing gets in the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've always surfed. I always will surf. But sometimes, you know, I've said it before, I say it to, say it to people that ask me and, Sometimes surfing can be a little bit groundhog day. You know, you, I was always the first guy in the water, I'd always be up early, pre dawn, checking the surf, and quite often there isn't surf, or the surf is no good, or there's no swell, or it's cold, or it's windy, or it's crowded, blah blah blah. And sometimes you head home after going down the beach without that stoke. You know, you haven't had you don't you don't go home satisfied. And uh that's where sort of triathlon's um yeah, it's 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 taken over with every, not so much triathlon racing, but with the training. After every session, there's that endorphin that, um, yes, yeah, is hard to beat. Surfing, surfing is good. There's always a rush. There's not always a rush. I must correct myself. There's not always a rush, and that's kind of where uh, the triathlon training sort of uh, has sort of elbowed its way in, so to speak.
1: I mean, people look at surfing and and think it's it's not really that physically demanding. But I've got a forty three year old brother uh, who who literally has in the last two months taken up surfing, and he said to me, "I cannot believe uh, how hard it is." I mean, physically, it's pretty challenging.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. You know, when I um, first started training and racing, uh, it's probably seven and a half, eight years ago. Um, you know, my wife would comment how how I could just go out the door and, and train and not get injured and no niggles, nothing like that. And I, and, it's, and I put it all down to surfing with just that that core strength that surfers have um, that probably very few other just athletes would have just day to day. But now I'm not surfing quite as much. I've got to, uh, yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> I've got to keep that course uh, strong in other in other ways. So yeah, surfing's very physical. And that the surfers are very surfers are very fit people without sort of really really knowing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and <laughs> so, that that core yeah. core cool, cool strength in in triathlon is is often neglected, and it is is so vital. I mean, because you're training for three separate disciplines, people think that's where you need to focus your time, but you do need to find some time yeah. for for that strength and conditioning, don't you find?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's a there's a saying going around that um, you know you get away with it until you don't, and off. I've sort of found that out, and people are realizing that. And strength trainings, is uh, probably just as important as the other three disciplines the fourth and the fourth. You know, there's probably five disciplines with the three sports nutrition and, and core strength. So,
1: yeah. And, sa- right. and sadly, the older you get, the, the more important it becomes. No, one hundred percent, Brad. Yep, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm finding that out firsthand. Where's as far as yeah. as far as team sports go? I mean, Australia is very much. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the big sporting codes. So uh, before we started recording, we were speaking about rugby union. You mm-hmm. said you you watch some mm-hmm. some rugby league, cricket's big. Uh, have you always been sort of individual sport focused, surfing, or, or did you play some team sports yeah. growing up as well?
0: Uh, just you know, I, I would probably say no to that. You know, go through high school and junior school as a you know. The odd game of soccer, football, and the odd cricket game, but but I was I'm always been an individual. I've always served, and I was all through high school. I was big on skateboarding, so you know I was a, I was used to live to skate as well. And and um, growing up um, on a you know a, a, on some acreage, my parents um, farm or the family farm, we had motorbikes. So there was um, we did go quite a few years serious serious motocrossing and enduro racing. So um yeah I've, I don't haven't followed the um traditional mold of team sports and that sort of thing running you know school running that sort of thing not at all you know more of a action action sportsman i suppose so yeah it's um yeah I've since giving away the the dirt bikes um
1: I, haven't broken any bones, so triathlon's <laughs> been good in that regard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it sounds like you're a bit of a, a bit of an adrenaline junkie. But let's let's was was that one of the things that that attracted you to triathlon? That it was an individual sport, even though you can train in squads and that sort of thing. At the end of the day, on race day, it's up to you and what you do.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm not a big uh, group trainer. Um, I don't do you know I love cycling I love my bikes i love cycling i love getting out and and just going wherever i want to go i don't i don't ride in groups i don't uh training groups i don't run in groups you know we do the odd pool um, uh session in, in you know the the masters and one whatnot um but I just love getting on the bike not waiting for anyone not having to be waited for you know I just go wherever I want to go and and that's that's the way I like it so you know I wouldn't I wouldn't change that
1: Let's talk about sort of work-life balance and and triathlon. You you married? You've you've got a family. You've got two girls mm-hmm. as well. How, how do you get that mm-hmm. balance right? What, do, what mm-hmm. do you do for a living, and and how do you keep that juggling act sort of in place? Because training for an Ironman yeah. is is not easy.
0: Yeah, no, it's just lots of yeah four thirty alarm probably six days a week. Just get up, get it get it done early. Be back in time to uh, head to work. I run a uh, small business with my brother, um, family business, and. Um, that's very hands-on. I don't uh, let my training or racing um, affect the running of the business at, in any way. You know, we have the odd week off here or there, head away for race week, but you know, I'm at work every day on time and you know, we're out the door at no earlier than five and it's off to the next session. So, yeah, the, the training doesn't interfere with with, with the, the work at all. So I make sure of that.
1: Do you do you find that having that that sort of structure in your life of of up at four thirty and, and and doing the sessions you need to do before work helps you in your your sort of work life as well? Um, yeah,
0: I'm not sure. It's just they're two separate they're two separate um, identities. I think you know, running a small business it's very hands on. You know. Um, i'm a very i pride myself on on my um i'm never late i'm always i pride myself on being on time if I ever got an appointment or a, or whatever I'm, I'm always so hard on myself if i'm if i'm running late or or i'm letting someone down so i always like to be uh very um prompt and and on time and and structure is not a problem motivation is not a problem um yeah we just you just get it done
1: i'm glad i was on time for this interview
0: <laughs> yeah there's one thing was for sure i wasn't going to be late
1: for it so yeah fantastic where's let's talk about sort of the sport itself and 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 sort of starting yep. out doing sprints and olympic distance and then making the step up to to the longer ones what was your progression i mean your, your yeah. first introduction tell me about that first race and then the thinking of, of going yeah. longer
0: yeah well uh there's a the local the local ballina triathlon club here in the north coast of New south wales i did my first I'm pretty sure it was a sprinter or a club distance race, and it was pretty humbling. You know, I, I went in with no idea of um, what to expect. I knew it was going to be difficult, but you know, I was just get I was just getting smoked. Um, I, I, I bought myself a cheap cheap road bike. I kind of could swim because I've always surfed, and and uh, I've never really ran. You know, like I never really ran. I, I broke my ankle years ago uh, t- playing touch football. There you go, team sport. But, um, and I always use that as an excuse why I couldn't run. But um, yeah, yeah. After getting smoked on that first that first race, it's like right, okay, this isn't good. I need to um, address this and and come back and do the next race and 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 do better. So um, it, it stemmed from that. You know, obviously the the progression is to um, you know there's there's some Olympic distance races that are 45 minutes away, and you just sort of you, know, you enter them, have a crack, and and see what you're capable of and it just stems from there just trying to you know see what you see what you can actually do So yeah it's um very uh very enjoyable and fun to see how you know, how far you could actually push yourself and you know it wasn't you know the, you know we done the um you know, then you start thinking of traveling further afield with the Noosa triathlon and Malula Bar triathlon there you know there Three and four hours away by car, and you got friends going up to race. I was like, right, let's be a part of that and have some fun, and and then yeah, it wasn't long before the you know you, you you're sort of mixing in triathlon circles, and people are talking about seventy point three and Man and you you just want to know more. The curiosity gets the better of you, and be, before long, you you know what Kona is. You
1: know all about it, and
0: yeah, you want to your your, your curiosity really gets the better of you. So um, and it did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah before you know it you sucked in good and proper that's, that's just the way it works uh, pretty much pretty much i'm a bit of a yeah i'm a, I'm a bit of a
0: um a, a, uh uh you know i like my um i'm a tinkerer you know i love my bikes i love i love you want to have my dirt bikes. i'd always be tinkering the dirt bikes i'm fairly mechanically minded and uh yeah i love getting out in the garage and working on bikes and trying to optimize them and so there's the there's an element of man and machine too with the bike and what you can get out of yourself and your, and your machinery. And uh, that's, your, that's another factor I enjoy about triathlon.
1: Um, it's funny you say that. Just going out and having a run. Yeah, because I was mm. going to ask you that. Did did you approach your training that sort of way? Were you were you very deliberate about it? Were you tinkering? And that was, funny enough, the word I was going to use. How how did you after mm. that first one where you said you got smoked and you, you went back and thought, you know what, I've got to get better at this. How did you approach that from a training perspective? Did you go and get help? Did you read up? Did you go online? How did you how did you approach it?
0: No, no, I didn't. I didn't go out and actively look for help. Um, I absorb a lot of information. You know, you, you're on the web, you're on the websites, you, you're taking it in, you, you, your curiosity gets the better of I you, mean, you'll surf the web and you're just, just a bit of a sponge, you know, to take in um, bits and pieces from here and there and you you, you quickly get an idea of um, what's involved with going a bit quicker. Um, in those early days, I didn't really use a, well, I clearly wasn't coached, or I didn't use training programs and you just knew to, to um, as a novice, you, to get a bit quicker you just had to do uh, a bit more practice and um train the disciplines a little bit more and you know, it's if you've got a pretty um if you've got some good genetics there and an and attitude to have a bit of a crack you, you're gonna you're gonna um, improve um uh, pretty quickly
1: yeah G- going back now I, I, knowing what you know now if you had to go back would you would you change the way you 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 did things would you have got help sooner would you would you have done <clears throat> things exactly the same
0: Mm, I wouldn't change anything. No, I've yeah, you know, I hear you ask that question quite a lot and it's and I and I ask myself that and it's like, no, not really, I wouldn't change anything. Um if I got into the sport sooner or whatever, I you know, it's who knows, I might might have ended up I don't know, a little bit more worn worn out or fatigued, but right now you know, the age group I am, I'm forty five to forty nine now and had I started any sooner or whatever, I, I might be a little more busted up but um no, it's still still really enjoying it and and that's um
1: still s- seeking to improve yeah i'm guessing that the cone edge is not the only podcast you listen to If you're anything like me, you probably listen to a ton of different podcasts. I think at the moment I have uh, 10 or 15 go-tos that I listen to every single week. And if you listen to a lot of podcasts, at some stage you've probably thought about starting your own. Well, the good news is it's easier than you think. Thepodcastingacademy.com is giving you the opportunity to get your own podcast started right now. The Podcasting Academy is a 21-day step-by-step online program that'll get you from zero to podcast in just 3 weeks. Right now, the podcastingacademy.com is offering listeners of The Kona Edge a 25% discount. All you need to do is use the word Kona at checkout to qualify. Head over to the podcastingacademy.com to find out more. I find it interesting that that you say no because I, I also have that same sort of feeling that you almost need to pay school fees and and school fees, especially when you're starting out, is is good base training and you might not be doing everything right, yeah. but you need to get those miles. There's there's no there's no shortcut around that. You can't a coach can't tell you how to train. Yeah. You need to go out and train. And and sometimes people try and get too analytical when they when they start out and and really dial in too soon. That's just just my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think you're right there. I think you need to sort of find your own way a little bit. Um, uh, I think to um, dive into. So if you're a complete novice and you've got no idea whatsoever, that's a, a coach is would be a great idea. Just to, or a club, or or a, some sort of, um, you know, an athlete that could mentor. But you know, I, I would take I would take information and bits and pieces from here and there, and I you know, I started mixing and trifling circles, and you quickly you you quickly um, get an idea of what needs to be done, and 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 I, I think if you on the other hand, if you get a coach too soon, that could really suck the fun out of it quickly. You know, if you suddenly, you know, there's a coach on your, on your back to get you to the pool early or whatever, that could really um, take the fun out of it. So, you know, I wouldn't change it, change the way i Progress at all.
1: I, I think fun is probably the operative word, and uh, it's important. It's probably the same with surfing that as soon as it starts feeling like a chore, you don't want to do it. The, the last thing you want is a sport like triathlon to be feeling like a chore. You need to be having fun and, and enjoying it. Yeah. How, how how big a factor does that play even today? I mean, you you're pretty competitive, and you you obviously have gotten a lot better over the years. But how important is getting out there and making sure you have fun in in sort of every session?
0: Yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. That's why we. That's why I, well, well, I stopped. Uh, racing dirt bikes. I just uh, it was just there was a day there where I just said to myself, uh, "Are you having fun?" And I, I I honestly said to myself, "This I'm not having fun anymore." And I sold my bike. I've still got my gear. I sold my bike, and I have not missed it. And that was uh, that was um, that was eight years ago, and I haven't missed the thing. You know, and uh, sur- uh, surfing is still surf. You know, not as often, um, but I, I still find the training. Ironman training, in particular, fun, and um, I'll do it until it isn't.
1: I think we all have stories like that. I used to play a lot of golf, and <laughs> I remember walking off a golf course mm. after after nine holes, and I was like, I'm <laughs> hating this, and I've never been back. Which, and yeah. I used to play a lot of golf, which yeah. is which is quite interesting. Let's talk about your That's your it. decision to do your first Ironman. I mean, mm-hmm. that that jump up is, yeah. is is very mental as opposed to physical. Mm. But tell me about your first one. Yep.
0: Um, my first Ironman uh, was um, 2013 Ironman Australia at Port Macquarie. Um, yeah, I had a, a, a good mate of mine, Matt. He's he's um, he races. Well, he raced, race, still races annually. I got friends that go down, and race annually. And uh, I'd done a couple of halves up until then. You know, quite a few Olympics. I, I couldn't really tell you how many I'd done. I'd run a marathon. I just like pushing myself. And um yeah, I just had to check this Iron Man thing out and and when I uh, um clicked that enter button on that website, I got a shot of adrenaline. Um and it's like, oh here we go. And uh haven't looked back since, mate. It's been yeah, haven't regretted that one bit.
1: That that first one was it harder than you thought it was gonna be? Was it was it easier? What what was your experience? Um well
0: <laughs> I kind of surprised myself. And I surprised um, friends that I was. I had an excellent day. I kind of, at the time, I was training with some mates and um, I gleaned a lot of information from them and, and a lot of um, ideas on pacing. Um, I learned a lot, you know, without sort of, you know, being in their pocket. I learned a lot and I had a good day on my first Ironman. I went, um, I, I did go sub 10, Um yeah, it was. I had a good day. I had a really good run, and it's, I don't know, I just, I jagged it. I think I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really have a clue with the nutrition side of things. I just sort of, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, okay, you got to take a gel, sort of, you know, you read the, the packet on the gel 15 minutes before and 45 every 45 thereafter and drink some electrolyte and whatever. And yeah, it got me through, and I had a good race. And uh, yeah, it's, um, Surprise some people <laughs> so, i'm, I'm sure. surprised myself
1: <laughs> I'm <sure. Yeah. laughs> and, and finishing that first one i mean everyone has that sort of you always remember the first one as has anything come mm. as close to that i'm guessing finishing on the big island must be must be pretty close if not better than than finishing your first one
0: um well brad i've been to the big island twice um the first time i raced there in 2014 um yeah it was it was awful it was it was really bad and i crossed that finish line and, and it should be it should be a euphoric state but it was probably the opposite it was it was just a relief to um get to the finish line and you know all these thoughts going through your head like i'm never doing this again and uh, yeah it was a tough day and and Kona's a whole different beast um i wouldn't know where to start <laughs> you you yeah it's Got to spare a couple of days. What went wrong in that first one? Um, well, I didn't. I was. Uh, I didn't respect the conditions. Basically, um, you know, I'd like. would raced. A, I think I'd raced um, two Men previous, both at Port Walquarry when that race is on in Port Macquarie it's very it's it's in late autumn or fall and it's it's quite cool you know that's you know you wear you're rugged up before the race the the, the swim's quite warm but it, it is coming into winter and the the conditions are very forgiving um so the conditions are cool um the sun's low in the sky you know it's not a, it's not a typical Aussie hot you know, what you'd expect with a tough, hot Aussie race, it's it's quite. The conditions are quite cool. It might be might have been late teens or early twenties maximum temperature, and and you get through there, you think, yeah, right, I got a fair idea of what needs to be done. You get to the Big Island, and it's just all that just goes out the window completely. Um, it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game.
1: And and obviously your your second visit was a, was a bit better. You learned some lessons on that first one. You didn't hate it that well, much that so you never went yeah. back. <laughs> No, we well,
0: just yeah you soon like it's, you soon snap out of that. I never want to do this again. Yeah, you know, probably everybody thought that when they've crossed the finish line, or they're at the thirty k mark of the marathon, think why am I doing this? i never want to do this again. But uh, you get over that finish line, you get your finishers towel and your medal, and you you have a cool drink, and you see your family. And it's like you well personally you you can't wait to sign up for your next race. So um, uh, that was the case with that first. First time round in Kona, and and I and I, it's, ironically, the first time we went there, I, 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 to be honest with you, Brad, I I um I got there via a roll down, um which which was good enough. I was close enough, and I was good enough to get the roll down spot. But we got to the Big Island, um, and I was just pretty much in awe of um, the athletes there, and the you know you, you hear you hear that you see everyone there. They're lean, they're ripped, and and I, I was probably a little bit hard on myself. I did get that roll down spot, and I, I kind of felt in the back of my mind that I probably wasn't good enough to be there. And, um, and yeah, I, I kind of, when I finished that race, I was kind of in tears because um, I had a, I had some tachycardia issues on the run, um, and that's I've, I've had a history of that, and it's not, it's becoming uh, more and more common amongst the endurance. Fraternity and, and I had some issues there on the run, which had me buckled over on all fours on the on the um, Queen K, just waiting for heart rate to come down, and and it was really tough um, to do, and to get to the finish line, and I was you know I was kind of in tears at the finish line. It was like you know this this could be it. I might not be able to do this anymore, but um, I was able to. Um, I learned a lot. I, I changed up. You know, hydration plays a, uh, plays a huge key in how your body reacts in a hot environment like that. And and um, yeah, second time there, I was I had a completely different uh, outlook and a whole lot more respect for that course. And um, you know, I had a much better race. So yeah, it was good.
1: Sounds sounds uh, incredible. As as far as yeah. sort of, if if I say the word Kona. What what do you, what, what does it conjure up in your mind? What do you think of? Um,
0: oh, you almost get goosebumps, Brad, when you when you hear the hear the uh, Kona mentioned, and it sounds cliched, but your your mind just shifts to the to the lava fields and the heat and the humidity. Yeah, you know, the the cliched punch in the face when you get off the plane at the airport and the the raw beauty of the place. Um, it's it's. You know, I don't know whether it would have that getting on the Big Island. I don't know whether it would have that same effect if the race wasn't there. But yeah, you combine all the elements and the and the all the facets of the race and the and the vibe in town, and it's it's uh, yeah, well makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck.
1: Something special. Where's as as far as unfinished business? I know you're not. uh, The plan's not to go to Kona this year. You rolled your your slot down. You did qualify, but you you didn't take it up. Do you feel like you've Mm -hmm. got unfinished business on the Big Island? Or, or if, if you never make it back again, you you're pretty satisfied with what you've managed to achieve. No,
0: I'm, I am satisfied, Brad. I, I was lucky enough to race there last year, um, and I my goal was, uh, to go under ten hours. Um, that's all I wanted to do. I knew I'd I'd gone under ten hours before in the other in my other um, races, and uh, I executed my race plan, almost too perfectly. Because I got to the finish line with uh, forty-three seconds to spare, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you yeah, know, no idea how satisfying it was to. Uh, if you, yeah, it's it's quite looking hit my finisher photos. I don't even, I barely even stepped over the the, the line. I'm looking up at the at the uh, timer to see if I'd done it, and yeah, fist pump, I did. <laughs> so it was very satisfying. If I if I never go back again, I'm
1: happy. It's forty-three seconds over the length of an Ironman. That that's pretty tight. Yeah uh, it's too tight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still would have been pleased if I, if I had made
0: the the 10 hours because I, I was really happy with the way I raced and and um yeah it was a was a was a good day.
1: As far as gear goes what's uh to talk me through your setup what do you what do you use uh sort of across the board from bike and run yeah. For the answer to that question and more premium Kona Edge content, head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support and stand in line to win an entry into a half Ironman event every single month valued at $350. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash support. As far as what's, what's left to still achieve in the sport, what are, what are some of the goals? What do you still hope to, to achieve before you, you call it quits with, with triathlon? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, call it quits. I don't know if I will. (laughs) Well, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still going to keep racing and uh, racing. I don't know. Well, (laughs) the big old not going anywhere, mate. So (laughs) who knows? (laughs) I don't know. I I I just I don't have the. uh, I don't think I've got the um, the biomechanics to sort of. I'm not a. I I don't think my runs ever going to get any quicker. Basically, because I think I'm getting a little bit older now and. Uh, being able to get out and run with the intensity and whatnot, um, I think those days are sort of... I've got to be a little smarter with the way I train. What's left to achieve? I just want to um, be able to go to a race and, and execute the perfect race, whatever that is. Who knows what that is? Has anyone ever done it? I don't know. Um, but uh, that's that's what will keep me coming back. Um, I don't, you know, like I've been lucky enough to go to Hawaii twice. Uh, some people go their whole careers without even getting close to going to Hawaii. So I, I consider myself very lucky. Um, and as far as a lot of people would, you know, a lot of people would, would quit. You know, if they, if they if they could get that Hawaii, that Kona slot once, and then never do a triathlon again, I, there's probably people that would take that. But, um, yeah, I, I think of myself as thankful that I've been there, been able to race there, um, good and bad. And um, but I think um, ultimately, if I can continue to train and enjoy it and have fun, uh, and try and find, uh, try and get the best out of myself on, on, on any race, whether it's a sprint or a club race, or you know, or in Hawaii, it's that's there's the attraction right there. Mm. And I and I enjoy being fit. You know, who doesn't like then then I do this and pull the shirt off in the mirror and and you know look fitter than the bloke
1: beside you. <laughs> the the twenty year old hey, bloke hey, beside me. <laughs> Winning exactly. <laughs> it's good. as as far as uh, as far as uh, looking looking at qualifying. What do you reckon is the the secret to qualifying for the Big Island?
0: Uh the secret to qualifying is is um, the old C word: <laughs> consistency. Am I might clear that up? Consistency. Yeah. Um, if you if you you have any intentions of Visiting the big island, you have to be consistent. You have to be patient. Um, you have to be committed, um, and you have to be you have to be organised. I think you can't um, balance. You, you have to be able to balance your professional life, uh, work, and you have to be able to you know turn up every day to train um, consistently. And you have to be motivated. Um, and and if you have those those qualities and you approach it that way, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give it a shake. So you've just got to you've got to be driven. Mm. Absolutely driven.
1: Well, Wes, mm. it's been great catching up. I look forward to talking about the individual uh, disciplines, but we'll save that for for another time. Thanks for your time down the cone edge.
0: Yeah, thanks, Brad. I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Thank you.
1: This episode of the Cone Edge is brought to you by the Wahoo Kicker. Whether you're looking for the accuracy and control of a direct drive bike trainer or the flexibility and convenience of a wheel on solution, Kicker and Kicker Snap are two distinct indoor training solutions. Kicker Indoor Trainer's large flywheel uses new algorithms to improve responsiveness and better replicate the sensation of riding on the road. So whether free riding or using online platforms like Zwift and TrainerRoad, you'll have the same experience you feel on your favorite outdoor rides. To check out their phenomenal range, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash indoor. That's theconaedge.com forward slash indoor. And that's it for the Kona Edge today. Thank you so much to Wes for sharing his story. Wes, uh, you're a legend, mate. Thank you so, so much. Before I go, though, don't forget, uh, Up For Grabs once again is another full Ironman entry this year. All you need to do is leave us a a rating or review on iTunes. They really help us uh, get in front of more people. And uh, go on in from Brad Rowlands in the United States saying, Great podcast. I really enjoy hearing the stories of how top age groupers in the world make it to Kona very inspiring. Brad, thank you. Uh, Love your work is what he uh, titled it as. Well, thank you. Much appreciate it really uh, do appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review. And don't forget, if you do that, uh, to also leave us your uh, Twitter handle or your Instagram handle so we can send a shout out on uh, social media. Mine's uh, at the Kona Edge across pretty much all the platforms. So look us up uh, and we'd love to touch base there. Until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, it's cheers.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media simply
1: searched for the Kona hitch.